Welcome to the Boston's Big Four podcast. New news about music and sports every week, sometimes. All right, episode 78, Boston's Big Podcast. We got Jay Fliz with us. New album out now called Grown. Yep, yep. Uh, Massachusetts artist, right? Yep. Um, you've been, uh, like you said, you dropped your first album back in 2012. Mm-hmm. You were dropping content pretty uh, consistently. Then you had a son. You had to do the dad thing for a little bit. Yep. And, uh, you know, take some time off of music. And uh, I guess since quarantine, you kind of just dove back into it, figured this was the time to, to dive back in and you produced a whole album yourself. For sure. Yeah. Um, like I said, it seemed like a good opportunity to, with a little bit of extra free time, which is hard to come by nowadays, especially being a dad. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I said, this is the time to do it. You know, music, music's been a part of my life since I was a kid. Um, so taking any time off for me is unusual. Um, so taking two plus years off was weird. So it's been, it was building up inside of me. I knew I had to get back into it. Um, and back in March, I was like, this is, this is it. So, you know, I took a little spare room in my house and turned it into like a mini studio type of recording room, uh, nice. whatever you want to call it. You know, it's no studio, but I got enough to put together an album and put it out. Um, and uh, like I said, I, I did it all. I made the beats, obviously wrote the rhymes, did all the production. Um, I had my man in Italy uh, mix and master it, but other than that, it was 100% me, and uh, I'm pretty pumped with how it came out. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's sick. I mean, doing all that DIY is, uh, I mean, it definitely gives you a lot more control over the project, and when you have someone else mix and master, that kind of like throw them the polish, and you made the art the way you wanted it. So definitely, that's kind of the control that I feel, um, the control and the luxury of not having to go through all the mastering yourself. So that definitely helps um, make the, I guess, probably helped you speed things along too uh, when you were moving. I did want to ask, um, so you said you were going through, uh, or you had made music in 2012 and then took mm-hmm. a break. Um, have and now that you've been back, I guess you came back at a at an interesting time, or maybe it was pre-COVID. But I'm curious: have you seen how have you seen the scene change even since just like within the past ten years? Uh, you know, it's in 2012, I guess, when I came out with my first album. Um, I, I'd say it's different, but it's the same. You know, a lot of people in the Boston scene. You know, we get a lot of talent here um a lot of dope artists a lot of dope producers um but some back then a lot of people nobody was you know patting each other on the back or trying to support each other i feel like with everybody being so disconnected now i feel like people are a lot more apt to try and connect with each other now and try to pump each other up and try to get down with each other and collaborate a little more Mm -hmm. um which has been pretty cool um so now that i got this kind of project done and it was like 100% me I'm going to try to start to set up a couple other things um I've been talking with a bunch of other local cats that um we're going to try and get down and start to put out some new stuff too so uh I'd say that's you know been the biggest I guess change um like they say as much as stuff changes it stays the same type of deal Hmm. um but uh I'm excited to get working on some new stuff for sure 
And how much of the album was made pre-COVID? I guess did you dive in like during COVID? Is that when things? Happened? Yeah, it was. It was pretty much like right when COVID hit. Um, okay. I uh, I was talking to my buddies who I used to have a band too. I've always been an MC and done like hip hop, but I had a band called North of Boston back in the day. Um, it was like the Roots meets Beastie Boys type of thing, um, and we were talking about trying to make some music via you know all online and record our own stuff together and send each other shit and, and get down like that and that has not come to fruition yet but i'm hoping it does but in the midst of that i was like you know what i was like i got everything i can do right here i got my midi i got my computer i bought a mic like i had a little i made my own little setup at home and uh and just dove into it and that's that's kind of how it all started so it was literally march to uh, maybe September, six-ish months, everything was recorded um, and done. And I sent it off to have it mixed and mastered. And November 6th, we, we dropped it. And, uh, and the album came, uh, it came out pretty dope. I'm pretty pumped about it. Hell yeah. So, uh, so prior to March, you had never produced a track? Nope. Never had to. up a spot. So, well, that's, <laughs> that's impressive. So, like, how long did it take to, uh, to really grasp the producing part? And, like, um, when, when did you start just, you know, firing out these beats and you were like, all right, I got this down? It was pretty much me just hanging out at night just like this. Instead of talking to you guys, I'd be, I'd be messing around on the keyboard and I'd be up on the computer. And, uh, you know, I've listened to, obviously, music my whole life, so I definitely have the ear for it. Right. And, uh, um it was kind of just a matter of just finding some samples, finding some loops, finding some different things, hitting some stuff up on the MIDI and uh, playing some keys and doing some random stuff. And dude just started slapping it together. Um, There was no, I have no learning. I I didn't go to school for it. I have no background in it besides listening to hip hop my whole life. Yeah. You know, seeing my buddy, uh, my man, Vinyl Villain, he was my boy from back in the day. He used to be like my sole producer, I would say. Like he used to make all my stuff. We used to work together a lot. Um, and so I saw him do a lot, but I, I never really like absorbed it. Like I, I was just sitting there with my pen and my pad and like I'd look up and I'd see him like, you know, fucking around with some shit. Yeah. I didn't really know what he was doing. I just knew he was making dope beats. Right. Um, so it was really, it was really a trial and error. I was messing around. Unfortunately, I, I came up some some good stuff. Um, I think was good stuff. Uh, it's been well received so. so far. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it might have been luck. Hopefully, I can do it again. But uh, uh, now that that's done, I'm gonna start working with some other producers again and try to stick to the pen and pad. But uh, yeah. I'll definitely be down to make my own beats some more for sure. Dope. What's and, it been like uh, seeing the reaction to the album? You said it's been a great reaction so far. What's that, what's that been like, having people embrace the music? Yeah, um, it's been cool. I mean, like I said, as long as I've been making music, I'd say this has been the best response. Um, you know, I had a lot of blogs pick it up, um, yep. like hiphopheads.com, Insomniac Magazine, Underground Hip Hop Blog. Um, nice. A handful of others, um, but like a lot of people, you know, got behind it um people hit me up online you know me seeing people in person um you know a couple like things that happened um like one joint the depression song that i wrote about 
uh, wrote about was super tough for me to do, but at the same time it was easy because it was super honest to write about, mm-hmm. but it's obviously hard to put out something like that. Yeah. Um, but there's actually response, one of my favorite ones. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had people come up to me. It happened just last week. I was at work. Um, and you know, a kid came up to me and he was like, Hey, he was like, I heard that suppression joint and, you know, it literally spoke to me and I've been going through some tough stuff and, um, you know, you made me feel better about what I'm going through and made awesome. me feel like I'm not alone in feeling how I feel. Yeah. Um, so some, you know, stuff like that. So there's been, you know, stuff social media wise, but very like face to face, um, people, you know, in my direct life, um, that deal with depression, um, that have been affected by it in a positive way. Right. Um, so it's it's been really cool um, to have so many people reach out uh, and have a positive impact with an album like this. It's been really cool. Yeah, and to connect with someone like on a personal level like that, I feel like is kind of the ultimate goal of an artist. Agreed. Um, you know, and I, I talk about that even like on an interlude. Um, I say, you know, like plain and simple, like I make music at the end of the day for me. Right. Um, I think most artists do you know, if you're writing music that you're not connected to, I don't really know how you're supposed to put any real emotion into it. Yeah. Um, so when you can put out something that's very close to you and you can have other people just absorb that and feel the same way and then want to reach out to you and talk to you about it and, and open up to you. Um, it's incredibly satisfying. It's very humbling. Um, it's been a very, very positive couple weeks. Um, and with all this going on in the world right now, um, it's been twice as cool to, to see some positivity come out of what's going on right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think we all, everybody needs that. that that's got to be some good validation on, on the work you've done. So that feels great. Definitely. So uh, in those two years that you took off, were you – writing at all or were you were you not picking up the pen at all or were you still you know jotting down it was good it was pretty minimal um which again for me is not my nature i mean since third grade i've been writing yeah um so to take off you know a day let alone a couple of years was very strange um i always had a pen and pad with me you know i'd maybe jot down a couple of things here and there. Um, but I really didn't have any, anything I really wanted to write about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as an artist, it's cool to just keep putting out music and, and just keep going and going and going. And I would, I always want to do that, but sometimes artists and writers and musicians, whatever, you hit a little bit of a, point where it's like I don't I don't have anything to say right and I I'm almost glad I took the time off because I went through a lot um you know I became a dad we're living through COVID um the Black Lives Matter things going on I came to terms with my personal issues with the whole depression aspect um you know I put out stuff about family stuff on that on this album um and so i didn't write basically for two-ish years um 
But when I picked up the pen back in March, it was just like full-fledged. Like I had so much to get out. Yeah, it was. I, imagine, I, I yeah. think I, I think I benefited from that. Um, and as dope as it is to just keep rolling out and putting out project the project of a project, um, you know, sometimes it's it's quality over quantity. And uh, absolutely, I think absolutely. taking the time off the the quality of this album, it shows through. I think. Yeah, I think that's important to, especially nowadays. Like you said, people are putting stuff out constantly, and there's there's kind of a pressure on artists to do that with. Uh, you know, the age of social media and everything. But I do think stepping away and kind of like taking time to collect your thoughts and just it, that'll make the music better in the long run rather than just forcing things out. I agree. Um, like I said, I, I'd love to be able to put out another album next week and just to keep people engaged with me because you don't want to lose people's interest as an right. artist. Um, but again, if if I don't really have good content that I want people to, you know, bite into. And, you know, I like to put on music that, you know, people can digest the lines and enjoy the beat, which for the first time I made my own beats, but regardless, I want them to be able to like eat it all up. I want them to sit down. I want them to be able to listen and there to be more to it than just a dope beat and just, just me spattering out a bunch of stuff. Um, I want there to be meat to it and people to be able to dig into it and really digest it. Um, so like I said, I'm glad I kind of took the time off because I feel like it made that album this much better. Yeah. Are you planning on doing any videos? Um, so I did the one video um, for that joint everything, which is the last track on the album. I don't yeah. know if you guys saw that or not. I didn't actually. Uh, uh, yeah, you could, uh, yeah, you can pop that up on, on YouTube um so it's that's the last joint on the album which is kind of almost like a culmination-ish of of the whole joint um yeah. and that features you know my wife and, and my son in it and that's basically just my joint talking about um they're my everything yeah. you know at the end of the day i love music i've loved it my whole life um but family is always going to come first no matter what um but it was cool to have them be an inspiration um, towards a lot, a big part of the album, but particularly that song. Um, mm. So that, that is the one video I put out actually off the album. Um, okay. I might have a little um, something else coming later this week. I'm waiting on some stuff to come through, yeah. uh, but I might have another little type of video coming out later this week, hopefully. Teaser, teaser for the folks listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed. I, I that all lines up, and that's coming out this week. But uh, if you didn't peep the everything video, um, yeah, I got to check that out. My bad, I'm yeah. late. Oh no, it's all good. I mean, and then again, dude, I I did that all myself. Yeah, I recorded it on my phone that I'm talking to you on right now with oh, the really? stick for fucking eight dollars. There you go, man. I'm not trying to be a, f a famous rapper. I'm not trying to make music my career at this point. I'm 35. Yeah. Um, I'm super appreciative and happy with the life I have outside of music. Yeah. Music for me now is a hobby and I'm not dumping on anybody who's wants to make music a career. Yeah. If I could be doing this full time for a living, I would do it in a heartbeat. Right. Um, but that's, you know, it's hard to, to make that happen. 
uh, a lot of things got to link up and click and just all go the right way. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's the album I did all in house. I did myself. I shot that video myself. Um, so this whole album is just very much, if you want to know me, you listen to that album, you watch that video like that, you, you see me inside and out. Awesome. Uh, so I actually, I did have another question. Speaking of equipment, so you shot the video uh, with using your phone and a selfie stick. Mm -hmm. And did you, yeah. uh, what did you use for uh, like your recording software? Were you using anything like higher end or, because uh, personally I'm, I'm a Reaper guy. I'm big on Reaper. The, they got the cheap license. So I was curious, like, how did you work with that? And what, what type of plugins were you using in those? Was everything stock? Or? It was, it was literally, what is that? That app iMovie? Oh really? Is that what it is that comes on an iPhone? That's that's how basic it was. Oh okay. And uh, is that for I mean for audio as well? Is that what you did for the Oh for for audio and recording? Uh I actually use this uh online based recording program. Uh, I actually have a pull up because I'm messing with a beat right now. Uh Band Lab. You oh, ever heard of, that? heard of that? No. Yeah, it's literally like a web based program where uh, they have like samples and drum kits and, and loops and all different types of stuff like that. Um, and that's primarily where I pulled most of the stuff together for the album. Oh, interesting. Okay. Dude, so there's, there's kinda, no... All the sounds are already up on there and it like saves your, your work as your work like on the web. So it's kind of... that's. Yes. I, uh, I'm surprised that's not more popular. I actually, I'd never heard of that before, but that makes a ton I, of sense. Yeah, I mean, I kind of stumbled across it. It's almost like having a Chromebook where, like, everything's yeah. kind of, like, just right there. Um, this is basically just, like, a web-based type of thing where it pulls everything up, and you can save, you, you know, you can save files right underneath your, you know, your login or whatever. You got, like, a profile. Um, you could go anywhere. Like, you could log into that from any computer and work. It's Exactly. Wow. I Okay, this is uh, – that's really interesting because I – I want to say Reaper is a program that I was using and its biggest thing is it touts that you can put all of the software files, like the whole directory on a USB and just mm -hmm. take that USB somewhere and your whole registration, like you can just use the same software on a different computer. Okay. And, um, and I thought that was like, Oh, this is cool. You can do that. And I think you can do that with like pro tools, but you have to have the lock key or whatever. And like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But I thought I'm like, okay, so this is like a thing, uh, but the web-based um, like almost cloud DAW. I mean, that's pretty much, pretty is that much subscription based or is it um, more of a free thing? I'm not familiar. No, nah, it's, it's free a hundred percent. And it's cool. Once you make a beat, or you do whatever you do when you put it out, you have a hundred percent royalties on it. Like it's, it's yours. Hmm. Um, so like this album, putting it out, like there was no, there was no messy stuff where like, I couldn't claim this is mine because somebody else used this sample or this, this, these drums. Dude, not, it, it worked out good. Um, I'm going to try that. Just, yeah. Just to see what it's all it's, about. It's this fun to cool. mess around with. Like I said, for me, this album started as an experiment really it was my way to kind of get back start making music not spend any money mm. on it frankly very little at least it can be um, wildly expensive to do anything sometimes like bro, depending. i don't want to tell you how much my, i don't want to yeah. tell you how much my first album cost me between yeah. features 
in studio time in in DJs doing cuts and it yeah, was which is why I appreciate you did the video on your phone because like when it comes down to it the viewer probably never even thought twice that you were recording it on your phone or nope. like they might have even assumed like that was for artistic reasoning mm. and then you you could sit there in a store and spend like whoa do I get the one thousand dollar microphone or the two thousand dollar microphone uh-huh. And not even have made a song yet, and you've spent two thousand dollars, and then the like all the equipment that can go into it, and you're just kind of like, what? You still have to make the music and make it good. So it's like it is a a, a rabbit hole because people make things on twenty dollar microphones and and get rich and famous, and it's just mm-hmm. like it's weird how that happens. And you definitely got to separate yourself from that. So I I appreciate that your your thoughts were like this is more because uh, you've mentioned you're doing this more as at this point for passion and not for for riches so it's more of like a, yep. i want this to be good and and there's really no reason for me to be spending the money on it so you put the quality into the content versus all the equipment which you see a lot of people doing they're like showing the eyeball whatever filter they got on their yep. microphone and everything and um but that's huge that's definitely big because when you have those real the core values it makes the product way better so when you when or if or you end up in a big studio um that's like it's just gonna click right away you know for sure yeah and like i said i mean i did the album and not to cheapen people who to dive in and spend the money and and go all out because i did it i did it with my first album um you know i had a lot of good features you know i said i i had dj slip wax on there um you know the the dopest dj around i mean Mm. Um, I was recording up in the bridge in Cambridge. I had archetype on a couple beats. Um, shout out the bridge. Shout out, shout out the bridge. They keep coming up. I think like yeah, I think our last like five episodes in a row, someone has mentioned the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I was up in there. I would say kind of when the bridge was like really kind of kicking off. Um, yeah. I think I was like one of the. F- I don't want to speak out of turn, but I was probably one of the first, like full blown like, big. I shouldn't say big. That's me talking big. No, hip hop records that, that came say. out of there. Yeah. yeah, I shouldn't say that. But like, no, uh, it was like, up. yeah, there was, like I said, it, it was us. There was, you know, bigger hip hop artists. We had Esoteric on that album. We had Planetary. Yeah, S- yeah I just, uh, I was looking at the features. Alias, right XL. Yeah, like that was like a, you know, a pretty, you know, good record. Um, yeah. Like I said, Slip Wax on that. Like I said, Archetype did some of the beats. And, um, you know, so that was like a kind of a big deal. And like I said, that album cost me a shit ton of money. And I have gotten 20 times, 30, 40, 50 times the response off of this album than I did off of that. And whatever the reasons may be, it does go to show if you put out the right content and you market it the right way. I did a lot of like the, you know, publicity i guess myself and i reached out to blogs and i did this and i did that and a lot of behind the scenes stuff but i definitely think this album's had the biggest impact by far and it has cost me next to nothing dollars um and yeah, again says a I'm lot right not, i'm not ever 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 going to shit on people who are spending money in the studio or on beats or whatever the case may be um because I've done it. That's super dope. It's just, that's just me personally. Uh, I'm at the point where music for me is truly a hobby. I love to make it for myself. Anybody else I can affect and help and, um, and give them some positivity in the process. That's a bonus. 
Um, so I said, that's me personally. I'm not putting anybody else down. Um, but so this album to me personally was just like a, a crazy, crazy accomplishment and an unexpected experience uh, the past couple of weeks since this came out for sure. Hmm. Yeah, that's got to feel good to get. I mean, like when you show just for example, you're, you're, you have the perfect anecdote of look how much effort and money I put into one album versus like the effort and money I put into this album and, and the, the balance and what comes out. Right. Um, a lot of young artists could probably learn from that, that experience. Yeah. And again, I don't, again, not putting people down. Um, but as somebody who's done it for a long time, um, I, the perfect example, and I said this, I had an interview last week um where we talked about this if you guys know schizophrenics check mark um, familiar but i'm not sure yeah um old school but new school at the same time but you should check out schizophrenics enter the realm one of the best albums especially to come out of boston um but check mark on the joint job hunting he okay, basically so i know says, i do know check mark i've heard of check mark yeah okay so you know yeah. check mark so that's yeah schizophrenics it was him and eddie bones eddie okay passed away unfortunately um like uh, six shit i don't know it is five plus years ago yeah um but on their album uh this joint job hunting he straight up just says he's like you got to have a backup plan you do not want to be 35 years old and look back and have nothing to show for it mm -hmm for all the you know younger cats that are making music now and doing their thing keep doing it um i'm not telling you don't spend money do whatever you want to do but always be smart about it um life is crazy nobody expected covid to come through you know in march it yeah, but that 1200 was nice right I'm just I mean, it definitely wasn't thing, worth it. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, you don't know what life's going to throw you. So, you know, do what you can. Be smart. You know, take care of yourself. If you have a family, take care of them first and foremost. Um, do your thing. Make music. I say that all over the album. Like, if that's your passion. Keep doing it. Don't stop. Be creative. Find ways to do it. Um, you know, but be smart. Don't piss all your money away in the studio or you know whatever making mm. making hats if nobody's gonna buy them and they're right. sitting in the closet <laughs> or making and making shirts you know uh, whatever the case may be i'm just saying you know do mm. your thing but for the younger guys uh, making music you know just just be smart about it handle your business and and have a backup plan um because music is dope it's it's been part of my life since i was a kid um but I fortunately always had a hindsight to make sure I kind of had a way to make a legitimate living mm -hmm. um, in the event this, this rap shit didn't work out because for most people it doesn't, frankly. Right. Mm. Um, and that's not being negative. That's just, that's just, yeah, being that's just the reality. Yeah, that's, that's just, just the reality. Not everybody so can be a rapper. Be Drake, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Um, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of dope, dope ass cats out there from Boston and New York to, LA to whatever France I don't know all over right. the place that are super dope and probably deserve to be famous and it's just unfortunately there it's are, not gonna happen right no there's uh, so many unbelievable artists who work other jobs and that's just the reality of it it's for like, sure yeah 
Um, so yeah, it's not to me being negative. Um, it's just, you know, it's just being honest in realistic and smart. I think a lot of artists like to pretend that they don't work, but they for sure do. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Funny. Yeah. um, That does happen. It it definitely does happen. Uh, I always get a kick out of it. Like I'll hit hit up somebody and be like, yo, you want to jump on a joint together or whatever? And and they're like, oh yeah, but you know it's like two hundred for a verse, and I'm like, don't you work at the car wash, bro? Like, <laughs> you're charging me for a verse for like you you're not famous, oh, um, man, Yeah, you're so like you, you're I, gonna have commanding like uh, you're gonna have like proven commanding numbers if your name is on something to really be charging yeah, for verses. To be like, asking people for money for you know a sixteen bar verses, yeah, you know, which you already probably have written on your phone. Money. I mean, in that case, they're probably just going to give you something that's pre-written. Yeah, on top of it, yeah. yeah. So, but th- that's a whole nother discussion. But yeah, um, but yeah. So, uh, a big feature you did recently, or I don't know if you did it recently, but you released it uh, in October, was with Rex. Oh yeah, that um, that's kind of a funnier story. So, pardon me while I drink my bourbon. Oh, good. Um, so that was a joint we actually did years ago. Oh, okay. Uh, so my man, Vinyl Villain, who I, I, I've referenced, we had a fallen out a while back. Um, we were in the midst of putting together a new album, and Rex, that, that joint was going to be on that album. Um, we ended up having a falling out and it basically got squashed. And I thought all that content was gone. Uh, I didn't realize I still had it actually. So when I went back into the bridge in Cambridge uh, back in 2017, end of 2017, I put out my first mixtape. So that was like the last solo project I put out before this album came out. Yeah. and as I was digging through and, and putting stuff together, I actually came across some of, I came across the beat. I actually found his verse. Um, so it actually came back to life and I actually ended up putting that on the album. Yeah. Uh, so originally that was actually an older song, but I came across everything and kind of brought it back to life and actually put it back out. Um, okay. Which was pretty cool because that's a dope joint. Um, yeah absolutely i love rex's verse on that song how'd you uh how'd you link up with rex uh again rex you know i i'd see here and there i wouldn't even say we're we're friends or i would we're barely acquaintances but like we would see each other at the bridge again he would he used to record there a lot he probably still does yeah um so we would bump into each other here or there you know enough to say you know what up good to see you um and I kind of just hit him up at one point. I sent him the beat. I sent him my, my verses I had planned and, uh, and said, you know, if you want to jump on this, let's do it. So he ended up getting on it. Um, and like I said, at the time, a couple of years ago, it was, it was supposed to happen. That fell through. But I luckily saved that actual content that I thought I had lost um, and revitalized it. And when I was at the bridge, we pieced it all back together and put it out on that mixtape. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the three joints on the mixtape that are actually my songs. 
um, as far as beat wise. Okay. Um, those are original joints. Like there's two beats by Level Thirteen, who's out of Philly. Yeah. Um, he's done he's done a bunch of shit. He's done stuff like Method Man and a bunch oh, wow. of bigger cats. Um, so he does two of the beats on that, and then that joint with Rex is actually by my man Vinyl Villain. Okay. Um, well, again, we had a falling out back in the day. We're talking again a little bit, um, which is cool. Um, it's been a minute since I talked to him, but uh, but yeah, that was a long ass story for a short ass answer. No, it's all good. Nothing uh, wrong with that. We we like yeah, the details. But, it's uh, yeah, but that but that joint came. That's a dope joint. Um, and Rex yeah. kills that. Yeah, no, I saw you had a song with Rex. You know, when it came out in October, I was like, well, I think I threw that one on the playlist. Yes. Um, Yep. You know, that's always that's always cool to get a song in with Rex. Rex is a legend around Boston. Crazy. I've been listening to him since I mean, I was a kid. Yep. I mean, really. Um so, so yeah, to work with him, somebody like him, Esoteric, um, yeah. you know, guy XL, like guys I listened to as a kid. Um, you know, I've had Fax One do some cuts on a joint for me before. Um just dudes I was a kid, I was at, you know, the paradise, right. you know, as a kid or the Middle East and, and watching them. And then right. years later, I'm actually working with them. Like I did a show with Fax One and Alias and we opened for Acrobatic um, one night, like out in Beverly, you know, again, it's like probably four or five years ago. Um, but like stuff like that, it's like, it's crazy to think kids, the dudes I used to listen to as a kid that I ended up working with is, is wild. Yeah, that's got to be awesome. That is surreal. It is. People that come up in playlists and all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. Like you appear almost like that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, do you think what will the next Middle East be? RIP Middle East, most likely. Oh, man. I don't know. What's the next best club? Is there even one? Is the Middle East done for sure? I, I don't know. I just am assuming, right? Because if it gets sold, who's going to buy it and keep a venue going? Unless they bought Hopefully it Hopefully somebody. Venue. I don't That's know. I, want. I don't mean to get sad, but you mentioned the Middle East, and I was like, what's the next yeah. Middle East? No. <laughs> uh, dude, if that happens, that is some sad shit. My best show, one of my best shows of all time was probably the Middle East. Yeah. We sold that shit out. This was when I was with my band North of Boston, actually, back in the day. Okay. Um, and we sold it out, and it was nuts nuts yeah. uh but i've seen so many shows there I, you no, know it's a great venue perceptionist jedi mind tricks yeah so so many dope shows there i mean that's i don't know that that's i don't know it's that's magic. exactly yeah. Yeah. It, it is that, i mean that is the spot when you think about boston and you think about yeah. the hip-hop scene that and like harper's ferry um which is not even harper's ferry anymore it's brighton music hall i think it's called oh, right yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah, no, that know, is that's the spot. The next, I don't know what will be the next spot. I mean, with the way of the world right now, I, I don't see live shows coming back anytime soon. Mm. I, I really don't. It sucks. Um, it's yeah, I agree though, but it sucks. Yeah, I, I think that's just the reality of it. Even when they say we got this this vaccine coming, um, yeah, people start I, turning into zombies. It'll be a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I see, I see masks happening for another couple of years, maybe, mm -hmm. um, to be to be on the cautious side. Yeah, it's speculated that masks are here to stay. 
That's what we said on a podcast recently. I don't see it ending anytime soon. Yeah. No. No. I, I mean, I don't there's think always going to be that fearful old woman who's just, like, going to always have a mask on now. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, not to not to make it sound, like, ageist or sexist, but it's going to be old ladies. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They're vulnerable. A... They got to be careful. Yeah, that's true. They're fragile, and we care about them. We want our nanas. And our it's nanas. Right. <laughs> we want Shout out nanas. Right. Shout out all the nanas right. out there. Yeah, shout out nanas. We do have to be careful. Yeah, I, but I do um, – I mean, it is funny though. Looking back, when you just think about like how hyper aware everyone is of, of all the the droplets and whatever, and now it used to be all like, oh, what are what are you drinking? Like you just like take a sip of yeah. someone else's drink. Everyone it's was just crazy. like, let's spit in each other's mouths. Let's just do it. <laughs> like people. <laughs> That I mean, nah, like all, all jokes aside, that basically did happen. Like at concerts, people are so close to each other, like all the air mixing. Oh, like, absolutely! You oh, yeah, you would you else. would get in crowds of people, you know, rub shoulders with strangers and not even think twice about it. And now nope. it's like everyone stay away from me. Oh yeah, yeah. nobody wants to get close to each other. I yeah. was just talking about it today. I was I was at work and you know we were talking about the whole thing, and I was like, you know, I just saw something popped up on my my Facebook or whatever. I was like, my son's birthday is March 1st. So February 22nd, I think it was, of this past year, we took him to Disney on Ice at the Garden. Mm. Thousands of people there. Yeah. All over each other, cheering and whatever else. Right. And a couple weeks later, the world shut down. Yeah. And to think to go to a venue like that, I was at a Bruins game, I think, a week before this whole thing went down. Like... And now, that's, that's amazing that even in 2020, we were allowed to go to events. It seems like it was so long ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wild. Yeah, it's the same it's, year. It's crazy. It's still the same year this shit went down. Yeah. I do have a question, though. Is Disney yeah. on Ice still Little Mermaid themed, or is it like all Disney? Uh, <laughs> Owen with the hard-hitting question. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah like... I know, right? That's, that's mad. Very this is hip-hop. the clip that's going viral. That's very hip-hop. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, dude, I don't remember if Little Mermaid was on that. I think it might. I think it might have been. There was one. So I went to Disney on Ice when I was a young lad, and we oh, got <laughs> we got yeah, the slushies, the slushies that were in the flounder from the Little Mermaid. So I'm like, maybe that was the theme of my show. But I think, like, I I don't know. I have a feeling there's so much Disney content. They can't be sticking with Little Mermaid. Every yeah, no, Ice, now so. that you say it, I don't think it I don't think there was Little Mermaid. There was definitely The Lion King was still hanging. We had Moana okay. up in there. We had Aladdin. I remember that. I don't think the Little Mermaid made the Dude, cut. I'm so old. Man. I haven't even seen Moana. I'm off. I'm not even on the new stuff. I need to figure it out. I haven't either. Uh I'll tell you, Moana, Moana's not a bad joint. I've watched right. Coco. I've watched it multiple Disney. times. Some of the new school stuff's not bad. I was hating on it. Uh, my wife was like, oh, you know, we should watch this. We should watch that. You know, Friday night, movie night with the little man. I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And we ended up watching. I was like, oh, shit, that movie was fucking good. Some of, yeah, <laughs> dude. I, I'll watch little kid stuff, like, once in a while. Like, if you ever catch, like, what's on cartoons these days. Like, they slide yeah. stuff in there. You're just like, okay, this is still funny. It's not just, like, little kid right. humor. So they do catch you. Yeah, no, they do. I just watched uh, over the weekend Wreck-It Ralph. Dude, John okay. C. Riley. 
doing that. I haven't doing seen it, but boy. I hear it's good. Yeah. It, I've heard good again, things. Yeah. It was like another one I, w- I would never think to watch it, but I got mm. a two and a half year old. So I was like, all right, we're going to watch this. I literally was, I was laughing. I like, literally was like, <clears throat> and my kid was like, <clears throat> like copying me. I was yeah, like, yeah. That, that shit was legitimately funny. Like, how are you laughing right now? Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, like no context, bro. Pixar, dude, the shit's funny. They they're still doing their thing. Oh yeah. Oh my god. I'm still quoting Monsters Inc. I'm always just like, so help me, so help me. That's just like what I do. So another good one. It is. Yeah, I mean, you know, once you get to the age, I feel like what what is it? Like middle school, high school? You're like, oh, that stuff's dumb. I'll never watch that again. And then here we are, loving it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, there's there's nothing wrong with nostalgia. I my still favorite stuff, whether it be music or movies or TV, eighties and nineties for me personally, mm-hmm. you, you're not gonna beat it. Eighties martial yeah. arts movies, you know, nineties uh, cartoons and hip hop. Like I did hear I, I'll listen to new stuff all day, but there's nothing's gonna top that. Right. Mm. I did hear someone say recently that like the music you listen to, I guess like junior high to high school basically like teens to early 20s is the music you'll listen to the rest of your life pretty much Interesting. and i was like that's true to an extent like i i still listen to new music all the time like i'm always checking what's coming out but i do find myself like if i want to get nostalgic i go back to what i was listening to in high school or like you know it's just great that that always kind of sticks with you I think that age is very impactful. Like, like whatever happens to you around that time, like 13 plus or minus 13, it's mm-hmm. usually where like, if you have significant events happen, like that will be a part of somehow your personality for the rest of your life. From what I've heard, because the way, way you said that with music, I've heard that I know, this is going to sound strange, but like, I've heard that with like, like sexual desires usually will develop like things happen to you around those ages and then that's something like that you're into for the rest of your life that's why some people have like weird feet things and stuff you know <laughs> anyways it's not weird yeah. i'm sorry I'm just yeah, no, i know i know what you're saying i mean regardless of it being whether it be feet or otherwise yeah yeah, yeah. i know you know whatever weird. floats your boat i know what you're saying. Like anything yeah no that no when you're those, those high school years do you know that 13 to whatever 16 17 that mm. that stuff Whatever happens to you, good or bad, that sticks in your brain. That will mold you as a person. Absolutely, um, yeah. And and resonate the rest of your life. It will. Yeah, it's, I wanted it's to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about your track "Panic." Um, yeah. You released that as a single, right before the album. Yeah, that was the first single off the album. Yep. That was obviously a, a powerful song, um, you know, talking about everything going on, police brutality, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Um, what what was it that pushed you to, to write about that and get that message out? That was a very, like, I made the beat first, for starters. And when you hear that beat, it is so intense. Yeah. Um, so I made the beat. And I was just listening to my car one day and I was driving and then the George Floyd thing happened. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there and I was like, that just happened. We got COVID. I was like, the world right now is just effed in yep. every way, shape it's and It's in form. a panic. Like, you, you chose the perfect title. I mean, truly it's in a panic. People are yep. panicking, you know, whether it be politics or 
whatever, COVID, the, the, the rate, the race issues, everything. It was just the perfect storm of stuff that just was all happening at once. And I just, again, I just was writing, driving around, going to work, going stop to stop, doing my thing. And that's just kind of how it came together. Um, and for me, having a, a song that's actually three verses is a little rare. That, that, for me, that's a long song. Mm-hmm. Um, I always feel like two verses and, and the hook is like good. People kind of get bored after yeah. like two Especially nowadays. You know, and people got short attention spans. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was just there was a lot of content to try to cram into that song without diving too deep into anything too particular. Yeah. So I try to make it a little broad, but very concentrated at the same time. Um, and that's kind of just what happened. I was like, this, I mean, this, what happened with George is ridiculous. But again, a lot of people don't realize what's been going on for way too long at this point. Mm. Um, We're just getting it on video now. That's the only difference. And that's the thing. The whole tie-in with social media is just like, everybody knows everything the second it happens. And, mm. But meanwhile, this, this isn't new. This right. is this has been going on. Yeah, it is really eye-opening for society because you sit, you hear songs like everyone always goes right to like "fuck the police" by N.W.A. Right, you're just thinking like, I, for, like growing up, I was like, man, how disrespectful of them to say that about the police. Like, and now I'm like, I me, they were speaking from true, real experiences. It wasn't like just right. out of pure disrespect. There's like true. There's actual things going on that I, as a child and growing up, you don't realize and the media hadn't known or maybe didn't touch upon because they didn't yeah. have the evidence they have now, which is like, I mean, it's really all about clicks, not really about whether it's good or bad. So, I mean, and, and back then it was all about views, like who was watching your show. So I, I don't know if they really cared to show, I mean, Rodney King was a huge thing, but that was revolutionary at the time because someone had a camcorder. Right. Like, that was a mm-hmm. chance, which is crazy. So I, I mean, it's weird. I mean, we can rule out Bigfoot, but we can say police brutality is real because of cameras being everywhere these days. It's pretty crazy. A hundred percent. I mean, it is. And I know people personally who are police officers and are awesome people and mm. would never, ever, ever, ever do some shit like that. But again, there's people that are. There's, there's bad people you walk by every day. You know, you could get on the bus and you could be sitting next to a saint and the person next to you on the other side could be a serial killer. Mm. Like that's, that's the world we live in. And unfortunately, bad shit is happening all around us all the time. And again, it has people in a panic. Yeah. COVID has people in a panic. That stuff, the race stuff has people in a panic. Uh, where i think a lot of people had been blind before like kind of blissfully ignorant or bliss just everything was pretty good you know like everything mm -hmm. day to day i mean people have been coming up with plenty of issues in the past however many years but just like things until covid i i honestly think people have a lot less reason to complain about a lot of things after this we're going to be like once things kind of loosen up and become regular again like people are probably just going to suck it up for a lot of little things like oh man i haven't been anywhere in a while like just for entertainment it's all just been for food and whatever there's really nowhere else you nothing else you can do it's pretty interesting yeah no for sure i i forget exactly how i say it in the song but i basically say that people are 
fed up at this point because of COVID mm-hmm. and shit's about to blow up. It's like on top of George Floyd's situation, you already had people in a panic and in a right. frenzy and everybody was on edge and like just everything was building up. And when that happened, that was what popped the cork. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that was the end of it. And you know, it has clarified it really hasn't are stopped. things you can complain about. I, I don't know. I, my statement made it sound like that was justifiable for some reason, but absolutely not. No, 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 no. I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's been a it's been a weird time. And that definitely was the George Floyd thing happened like at a time when everyone was really starting to get fed up with uh, you know, just being inside and we're like, How long are we gonna be doing this? And then that happened and it was like I mean, obviously, the police brutality thing, the last few years, I think, mm. I'd say the last, like, six years, it's been, it seems like every year, something comes mm-hmm. up on video, and there's a new march. This one, this year, it seemed bigger than before. The reaction yeah. was bigger, which is a good well, thing, I think. But, I mean, but, um, how, I don't know that there's any situation, like, all, there's been plenty of evidence on video in the past, like, 10 or so years but that was like egregious. The video, ten minutes long, people yeah. screaming at the guy. I mean, like, there's I been video. There's him, a video and of then, uh, like, he's dead. What about the the Tamir Rice kid, the twelve year old who who got shot because he had a, a fake gun right. or whatever? It, was that so, on video? I so that's it was guess, like a there was a bad video of it, but you could see it. And yeah. then there was someone else getting Eric shot Garner in the back as they were rough. running away, like. So oh, this stuff's so been bad ones. Yeah. Yeah. So this stuff's been ones. like bubbling and building up for a while. And now it's just like, it's so plain to see now that people are just, they're fed up. Like they're, they're sick of it. Yeah. yeah. And as you just said, bubbling. And that's yeah. now that I think of the line, society's been bubbling about to blow the ceiling, revealing yeah. frustrations. Now that patience is lost, racial injustice, prejudice, and dirty cops. That's yeah. exactly what it is. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, 2020 has been brutal in every sense of the way. Yep. I always find it interesting that, uh, like, NWA, Fuck the Police, like Owen mentioned before, like, that that song, I think, is more appreciated now than it was when it came out, at least by by the masses you know people who understood police brutality and what they were speaking about obviously appreciated it back then but i would think the majority of people who heard that song back then were probably like these guys are just crazy you yeah, know and now didn't they didn't get it and now that we see the things happening it's like oh i know what nwa was talking about 20 25 years ago yep. it's like now i understand and now it's normal to make a song you know criticizing the police and it's mm-hmm it's almost praised and it's like it's it's funny how it took people that long to to kind of understand what was going on i mean and that's that's what's so good about again good and bad about social media because again it can ruin people's social media because somebody might do something to be the right thing and somebody say oh that's the wrong thing to do and it just get it, it goes off and then you're shunned and you're a horrible person not talking yeah. about this situation in particular, but, and then the good thing about social media is you can make a song like panic or, you know, you can talk about things and express things and you can actually reach people from here to again, New York to LA to all over the world. I mean, 
the cool thing about social media is you can reach people. And if you're doing it creatively and positively, it can be a really good thing. Yeah. Um, and you can reach like, the people that you want to reach, the people who your music is directed towards. Not, for the, people, sure. not the people who are going to hear it and say, oh, this guy's anti-police or whatever. People who understand the message and like really understand what's going on. You can reach those people and like make sure it's directed towards them. Yep. You know, social Absolutely. media makes that easier. It does. It does. Like I said, uh, social media can be a very good thing, um, you know, if you use it in the right way. Um, you know, that's a joint on the album, too, called Anti-Social, mm-hmm. um, which was actually kind of born out of a little blurb that Slane posted three plus years ago. He wrote this little thing about social media and you know, how it's a tool and, you know, you should stick with your friends and your family and, you know. You know what? I think I remember this post. It was like a Facebook status, right? Yes. Or, yeah. I think yeah. I remember this post. I think bro, I shared so, it. I was like, this is on point. Bro, so if you remember that post. Yeah. Antisocial is built around that post. Wow. That's pretty cool. So. That's funny because I don't, I don't see like everything he posts, but I know that one stuck out to me. I remember that. So, so that's super cool because I literally yeah. snapshotted that on my phone. I think it was literally January of like 2017 because I could yeah. like see it in my brain. Yeah. Um, and when I started writing this album, you know, as you guys probably know, it's about a lot of positivity and growth and, you know, a mature stuff. Yeah. And so that always stuck with me. So the whole antisocial thing was like very cool to write about with like, again, social media can be super, super, super negative when people use it in the wrong way. But if you're creative about it and use it in the right way, it can be positive. Um, So I definitely recommend checking out that joint, especially if you remember that quote. Uh, Definitely listen to it. That actually caught a couple spins in New York the past couple weekends. Oh, nice. Um, Shout out to DJ uh, NUT. Uh, no, uh, no ideas, original radio. Um, he spun at the past, I think two or three weeks. Um, so that's been super cool. Um, but that joint's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, absolutely. What else we got? Um, um I did want to ask, did you find, cause you worked in, um, you worked with bands, uh, mm-hmm. I guess you said you were in a band prior to getting yep. like, deeper into hip hop. Was was your background more like a like a punk or a rock and roll? Like what came first? Was hip hop always a part of your life, or were you moving into like the band space first? Uh, so I definitely grew up on like rock, like classic rock, blues. Um, like my dad listened to like you know Clapton, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix, like mm. all the Shout old school stuff. Guys. Those are yeah, I mean, like, that's what I grew up on as, like, a young kid. <clears throat> and then, you know, much to his displeasure, when I hit, like, nine, ten years old. Just like, like move, bitch, get out I'm of the like, way. <laughs> oh, man, I'm talking, like, you know, Nas, Wu-Tang, Mom yeah, D. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I was, like, at Caldor with my mom back in the day, like, stealing tapes. And she was, like, you know, shopping for I don't know, <laughs> linens and shit. I, I don't know. And I was <laughs> stealing, you know, stealing yeah. tapes. Yeah. So like, so I got very deep into like hip hop 
at a young age, just very, nobody presented it to me. Um, I just kind of just like, I don't know. I was like, oh, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this. And like I started listening, like I said, Nas, Dirty Six Chambers, Illmatic, um, all that stuff was just like, I loved it and just like started absorbing it. So uh, at an early age, I got into hip hop. Um, and that was kind of like my thing. Like, I didn't start really recording stuff like a little bit in high school, but like, just like dumb little things, but like writing rhymes and like making raps and like doing that thing was like my thing, like middle school, high school. Um, and then 2012, like I said, I dropped my first like legit album. Um, I put on a couple little things before then, but like nothing serious. Um, but definitely like well-rounded when it comes to music. Like, like I said, I listen to classic rock and blues and all types of stuff. And even now, I love that. I listen to jazz. I listen to doo-wop. I listen to just about everything. Um, but hip-hop is kind of just where I fell. Um, and the aspect of being able to write and kind of express myself and get my thoughts out and do it creatively on a pen and piece of paper like that is what I think kept me there. Um, I tried playing instruments over the years, you know, I can finagle on a guitar, I can goof around on drums or, you know, piano a little bit. Um, but like, nothing major, but like, writing rhymes and doing that was like, where I found my niche, kind of. Um, but, but definitely, I'm very well rounded when it comes to music. So even like on this album, you'll hear, you'll hear piano, I got some harp on there, like, I'm all over the place with where sonically my head is at with what I yeah. like. Um, so you can hear a little bit of everything and you can hear the influence. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, and being in the band was, was super dope. Um, that helped me uh, elevate as an MC, I think, because it's one thing to be in the studio and just like, you know, rapping over a beat when you're on stage with drums and guitar and bass and, shit like pumping in your ears and you know you're trying to control the crowd plus listen to what's going on and, and do all that um that helped me elevate um as an mc for sure um so again well super well-rounded um and you guys said you can hear that on the album i do a little bit of everything um again i give very long answers i apologize yeah, no that's fair I that's, mean, that's I, what we yeah, want though that's good <laughs> yeah we're yeah, trying to get like this said, time and we want to hit every episode at four hours each but the, yeah, right. so <laughs> nice. I did I, you mentioned doo-wop uh is like part of so, like type of music you like what was yep. the um what was is it so there is a song and I, I hate to like make this comparison right off the bat but I immediately had to look up the artist because I thought the artist is Barry Mann and I thought mm -hmm. that you were sampling Barry Man at the end of Grown because it sounded like the song Who okay. the Bump and the Bump Your Bump Your Bump Who Put the Ram in the Ram? That's funny. But it was more um, like the part where it's like actually singing. So I was like wondering where uh, I, who, where did you get that sample from at the end of Grown? Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I forget who the group is who I sampled. Um, <clears throat> If I can find it, I'll pull it up. I'm on my computer right now. If I can find it, I'll pull it up. But uh, I was literally, I was working on the album and I was literally listening to old, old school music. Um, just like I was on streams and on YouTube and just screwing around, whatever. And I was just listening to stuff. And that came up <clears throat> and uh, 
it's from like 1960 something and it's an old doo-wop group and i happened to hear it and i assume it was shortly after i finished writing the song grown um and i assume obviously you've heard the song so you know like the concept behind it and i was listening just listening to the song just chilling it was like three in the morning i was sipping on bourbon just by, by my lonesome yeah and and i was just like and i was like yep i was like there it is there, there's the one and and that was it so i just i yanked it out and i threw it on the end of the track um and i wish i could find uh exactly what it was but it's an old 60s doo-wop joint um yeah, I was so – it sounds like so much like his voice, but a lot of those guys had such a similar sound back then. So I'm like, it could be anybody probably. But I was like, I want, I wanted to ask that because I'm like, that would be crazy if it was him. Um, yeah. Just by the way the band sounded, everything in the background. Because there's all those guys harmonizing like the ooh, ah, <laughs> Like it just sounded right. I, I, love I said, I – I love that stuff. Like I listen to like golden oldies, like fifties, mm. forties. Like I, I'm super down with like almost everything. I'm not a huge fan of country music. I'm not gonna lie, but I, we're on the same page for yeah. sure. Country. Other music, than that, take a ride. Yeah. Other than that, <laughs> I can pretty much truck. get down with just about everything. Um, How do you find feel? That about the meme where it's Paul Anka, put your head on my shoulders, and it's like, bitches will hear this song one time and say, I was born in the wrong generation. I have not seen that. I have not seen that either. It makes me laugh, because I've shouted out that song before on this podcast. I was like, oh, listen to, like, put your head on my shoulders. It's so good. Yeah, I remember that. I I haven't listened to that song. (laughs) It's a great song. Yeah, I have not. (laughs) That's awesome. Um. Who are some of your uh, who are some local artists that you like right now? Like who who are some of your favorite local cats right now? Yeah, who do you hate? I'm yeah. just kidding. Don't worry. <laughs> we, don't, <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where to start trouble. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't I don't you know I don't hate anybody. Uh, I'm super down. Anybody that has the balls to get on on a mic and yeah, put their shit out and put out music. I'm I'm cool with you. I agree I, with that. I, I don't hate a single artist. I think artist. that's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. I I don't. I mean, unless, yeah. you know, unless somebody comes at me personally and starts talking shit about you know my wife or my kid or whatever, then then that's a different story. But no, I I'm no issue. If you're, with that if you're making music and you know you're happy with it and it makes you happy, then you know. Yes, that that music is is an art form. It's like right. painting on a piece of paper. Who's to say that shit sucks? Right. You know, somebody might think it's worth five thousand dollars. Somebody right. might think it should go in the trash. I mean, art is art. Um, music is music. So you put it out. I'm never gonna tell anybody anything negative about it. Um, as far as artists that I like <clears throat> for local, um, I'd still say the same cats I've listened to since I was a kid. Yep. Um, Mr. Lift just put out a new album with Stu Bangers. Yes, he did. Yep. Um, which is super dope. Mr. Lift, if it wasn't for him, I might not be where I'm at. Um, okay. Enters the Colossus is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. Um, it just, it made me realize there was a sick ass Boston scene, like yes. legit artists. Like, and then as soon as that happened, I was like, oh shit, Acro. 
And then I was like, oh, 7L and ES. Oh, Virtuoso. And then yeah. I was like, oh, Army of Pharaohs, Jedi Mind Tricks. And like, dude, it just, boom. Like it blew it's, up. My whole underground hip hop scene started from Mr. Lift. Okay, I'll wow. Tell you that right then and there. That That's dope. Enter the Colossus is what, is what lit me up. That's dope. Um, shout out Mr. Liff. So shout out to Mr. Liff. You, and you've seen, uh, you said you've seen the perceptionist live too, right? Yes. Um, multiple times I've opened for acrobatic, um, facts. One has done a couple, uh, done a cut, couple cuts for me on some joints. Okay. Um, I talk to him relatively often. Um, so that's, what's up. Um, for new cats, there's, there's a lot of talent in Boston. Um, Magno Garcia out of Chelsea is super yep, dope. He's dope. Um, I, I, you know, I, I've known Magno for a while. Um, he's really dope. Um, I'm trying to think who else I really listen to. That's that's logo. Uh, Oak Lone Tree, yep. another one, uh, really dope. He's had a couple sick albums. Like Holy Ghost Rider was really fun. Um, yeah, he's been putting out a lot of stuff lately. Yeah, he put out four projects in the past couple months like i'm right. trying to keep up with him seriously uh, uh so but i i like him a lot um uh, yeah, him magno um trying to think who else i mean i always love tragic allies i they haven't done like i think a lot lately not uh, but not like as a collective Max, putting out some solo shit yeah not as a collective but st nax been on fire the last couple of years like he's got the song with west side gun yeah his album um, um al doing his thing too tragic yeah album. so like he's dope and like i know my man bono villain i think works with them yeah. quite a bit now um which is cool i'm super happy for him um he was always super dope even when we were kids i was like yeah. i know he, he always made some of the sickest beats i ever heard and it wasn't just me like pumping his ego right um and he's only gotten better um which is super dope um vinyl villain is a great name too yeah it is yeah it is <laughs> it is um but yeah I don't, i'm trying to think who else i'm sure there's i'm sure there's plenty of people i'm forgetting but magno and oak uh are two that that come to mind right off the bat word word yeah there's a lot of a lot of talent out here it's tough to remember all the names like if you if someone asked me i would be like i'm gonna forget somebody so yeah and i i know i already am um, yeah without a doubt so um but there's there's a lot of good cats boston's got a lot of talent um like i said and some people might blow up and be the next who knows what right Uh, a lot of people might end up being like me and just working nine to five and make music on the side type of deal but yeah it's all a backup plan exactly have a backup plan you know and if you're making music and putting it out if you can affect people positively too uh that's a huge plus Mm -hmm. um so i said it's all good if you're putting out art and you're making music and and you're doing your thing it's all good hell yeah all right we'll let you go but it's been real yeah for Uh, sure i uh, let's get let's get plugs and everything oh yeah plugs Social Sometimes media. We forget plugs, but we're not forgetting plugs today. And is there anything else you wanted to hit on? I guess we're not. We don't have to shut it off. If you had anything you wanted to talk about, no, um, no. I mean, we covered a lot. I honestly, I talked to you guys a lot longer than I expected. Um, which That's is usually cool. how it goes. You guys are just fun to talk to, just to talk to. Um, 
Hey, we I don't appreciate get to do that. this a I don't get to do this a lot. Um, so no, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, man, but, absolutely. No, I mean overall, you know, um, the albums, you know, very special to me personally. Um, it was a lot of fun to make. It's been a crazy couple weeks. Um, a lot of good feedback, a lot of positivity. Um, so I'm super happy with it. So anybody who hasn't listened to it, just take the time. It's, it's a half an hour. Um, it's totally worth checking out. Um, but yeah, like I said, I appreciate you guys for the support. Um, it's been awesome. You guys have done a lot for me uh, personally. So you guys are awesome. Hey, we appreciate you coming on, man. The album's great. Everyone check it out. Grown. J-Flizz. Uh, yeah, J-Flizz, all, all platforms. All, all platforms. Like I said, you can hit it directly on Bandcamp if you want, but, you know, it's on Spotify, it's on Pandora, it's on Apple Music, it's on YouTube, you know, anywhere and everywhere you want to listen to it, just just Google my ass, you'll find me. You'll find it. Yeah. The only J-Flizz out there. Yeah, that's there ain't many J-Flizz's out there, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You passed the Google test. There we yeah. go. Right. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, man. Uh, this is awesome. Yeah, no, thank you both. Uh, anytime you want to get up, I'm down. Absolutely, Absolutely man. Yeah. Anytime. Cool. All right. Thank you. Thanks, boys.